Welcome to our podcast series, Talking with Traders, hosted by expert trader Garth McKenzie in London, from where he's interviewing various guests on the topic of trading. Welcome to season four of Talking with Traders with me, Garth McKenzie. It's been a lengthy hiatus since we completed season three of this series, so it's good to be back. Thank you to IG Markets for once again coming on board to fund and sponsor this podcast. Their involvement is hugely valuable, and we're proud to have such an award-winning CFD provider alongside us. In this season, I'll welcome back some of our most popular guests from previous seasons to get their updated views on the markets, and I'll also bring in some new guests too. I'll be asking them pertinent questions about how they trade the market and where they're seeing opportunities in the global trading and investing arena. The idea is that you, the listener, gain some valuable insight and education from these market professionals that may be of use in your own trading and investing. So with that in mind, let's get straight into this week's episode of Talking with Traders. Welcome back to another episode of the Talking with Traders podcast, sponsored by IG Markets. And for this week's edition, I am delighted to say that we have somebody from IG Markets on the line, and not only somebody from IG Markets, but it's also our first female guest that we have got on Talking with Traders. Uh, her name is Christia van Heerden, not a stranger to most South Africans who are familiar with the financial markets community. And I'm really looking forward to chatting to you. Christia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so rainy in Joburg today. I don't know if you can hear thunder and lightning in the I, background. I, I, I think, yeah, I can. It's making me a bit homesick, actually. Those thunderstorms on the high felt are special, and we get nothing well, this, like that here in the UK. We just get miserable, grey, dreary rain here. Well, now you know what happens when you have a female on your all-male podcast. <laughs> well, there we go. What an introduction. <laughs> so welcome to the show. And let's talk about what you're doing, because most guests will probably remember you from um, Fat Wallet and Just One Lap. You worked with Simon Brown for a very long time, um, and you did a pivot in your career last year, and you're now working at IG, um, and you're the lead for the education role, the global education role, I must add, at IG Market. So that's quite a quite a nice move, um, but quite a different move from a smaller operation to a giant uh, multinational conglomerate. You know what? I It's funny that you say that it's a pivot because um, to me, it felt more like a progression, like almost a natural progression from the one to the other, which might sound insane because we went from, you know, very basics of personal finance and how to be a DIY investor to now working with a, a you know, a, struck, a, a CFD provider or, a, you know, leverage product provider. It might seem like a pivot, but um, IG actually has a really public and global commitment to financial literacy. So um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but at the end of last year, IG committed 1% of post-tax profits for four years to financial literacy, well, to, to charitable endeavors of which financial literacy is quite a big one. Right. <laughs> Just laughing. That thunder in the background sounds vicious. <laughs> like I'm so I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm saying, but also kind of fearing for my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, yeah. very intense moments. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what's really cool about that is, uh, you know, in terms of financial literacy, financial inclusion, actually, uh, this move to IG helped me to 
increase my reach. Uh, and obviously, I now get to work with some unbelievably and terrifyingly smart people around the world to try and bring financial literacy to everywhere where IG is, which at the moment is 17 countries, you know, so there's a definitely an, a trading education element to it, but financial literacy still is very strong. And now, thankfully, I have some budget to do that as well, which is yeah. lovely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's super. It's, it's excellent to hear actually. And so it's not such a pivot. It's more of a, as you say, a progression. And uh, I know you've always been very passionate about financial literacy and helping people to be more financially literate. So I guess that's awesome. And it's, it's a great initiative of IG to commit that much capital to, um, to financial literacy education. Um, but obviously this is a, is a show about trading. And of course, IG Markets is a, a CFD provider, leading global CFD provider. And I know that one of the things that you, you spoke to me about off air was the fact that you guys have so much data available on clients and that it's very, very interesting to go through all of that data and to use that as part of what you, you do for your education process. Um, I've seen the, the trader analytics function on IG because obviously I do all of my trading through IG markets and that's a, an excellent uh, tool that you that you offer um but when in in terms of the role that you fill it, fulfilling now uh, in education and so on you mentioned to me previously as well that there are sort of three steps that you see traders go through in their journey when they start out uh, as a I guess early clients to IG can you take us through this those three steps and just briefly what those look like yeah, for sure. So one of the things that we, when I joined the company, um, the, the role education lead didn't actually exist in the company. So everybody, the company has for a long time been very committed to education. And you can see that with everything that we offer on the platform, you know, IG Academy and, you know, all of the educational content and the analyst content and all of that stuff. But when I joined, there was this idea in the company that education is a content role. Um, and that I think to a degree, that's also what I thought. And then once I was in the company, I just realized, like, you have to remember, this is a 40-year-old, more than 40-year-old company, you know, that is immensely committed to, to its client base. So when I joined, I realized that we have these resources within the company and on the platform that actually serve an educational purpose much better than content can. Mm. And so what we... What we focused on was, so you want education and by education, we mean content. And especially when you're a beginner trader, you know, that's normally where you start. You go onto IG Academy, you're like, all right, now what is a CFD and what is a spread bet and how do we know the difference? And, you know, sometimes one of the courses that we provide there is a very introductory course on into like, how does the stock market work? Like what are market dynamics and things? So when you're a beginner that's normally where you go, you read a little bit and, and then you read through it and you feel like, yeah, I think I, you know, it's not that hard. You kind of can get what it means, sort of. And then you start this process of trading. So either you go into a demo environment where you go and play around, you face the deal ticket for the first time you want to die because it's so scary. You know, even <laughs> in a demo environment, you're like, what is going on? What does this mean? I don't know what's happening. 
And then you go through that process, so you gain a little bit of experience, um, either in the demo or in a live environment. You try things out, you lose a lot. You, I've, I've figured this out since I started with IG, like trading is just all about the losing. <laughs> if you can lose well, you're, you're set as a trader. Yeah. And then you, once you've had a little bit of trading experience, what you really want is exposure to other traders. You know, you get to a point in your trading life where you, first of all, you don't want to be educated anymore by anybody you know mm. you can't just consume market news and actually we can see a little bit when people are too news driven they don't actually have great trading outcomes yeah. you know so what you want is you want exposure to other people you want ex and i've seen this in my own life as well you know you can you can read about trading strategies and then you speak to the trader about it and you actually understand it much quicker. It just, there's something about just having a conversation with a person that, <laughs> that is enormously effective at teaching you how to, to trade. And so now when we think about our education strategy for the business, we think content, we think experience, in other words, practice, and we think exposure. So peer-to-peer -peer learning opportunities, um, even I think podcasts can maybe fall into that where you can just hear other traders explain why they make decisions the way that they do. It's enormously helpful. Right. Okay. Okay. Super. And and to go back to the uh, what I mentioned uh, previously about the trader analytics function. I mean, as I said, that that is a, a really cool function that is available on the RG Markets Trading Platform, and I've used it quite a bit uh, for my own trading. <clears throat> but can you take us through a little bit of that and the kind of data that it gives you, and obviously the the data that it gives to the to the retail trader as well, who's looking at that service? Yeah, for sure. So. The trade analytics tool, I'm such a, <laughs> such a nerd about this thing. So I joined the business. Somebody, I accidentally found out that we had this tool because it's not super visible, um, even to, to clients. You know, you kind of have to know where to go and, and find yeah, it. Yeah, the link is quite and, small. <laughs> right. But then when I looked into it, I got so excited because I can be a bit of a data nerd. And this, to me, is absolute gold, you know, for myself like as a trader you know what do i really want what do i need to know about my trading behavior you know and this is a tool that was developed in the business to answer like very basic questions but incredibly pivotal questions and i can tell you a little bit about the impact of that in a minute but essentially what this is is once you've completed 10 trades 10 live trades. So we don't have this available in the demo environment yet, although I'm hoping we can do that eventually. So basically what it does is it takes data, your own data from those 10 trades, and it starts to give you some feedback. And the feedback is three very simple measures, three things you can actually, as a trader in your own little Excel spreadsheet, go figure out for yourself if you don't want to use our platform to do it. But the three things are your win rate, Yep. And the win rate, it's so, it's so incredible to me how these three measures that we share on trade analytics ties in so closely to trading psychology because it's the win rate. And this is, I think when you're a new trader, the thing that you always look at, how many trades you win versus how many trades you lose. And yep. you would think if you win more trades than lose, then you are a good trader. But as you know very well, Garth, <laughs> that is not always the case, no. right? And then... No. The other thing that we look at is your profit to loss ratio. And now we start seeing some things, right? So if you compare your win rate, Garth, to your profit to loss ratio, 
can you maybe talk a bit about what you see in those the differences in those two yeah so i, I know it's a it's a great question and um obviously yeah your win rate is how many what, what percentage of your trades are winners versus losers and um and i know from my own personal trading uh, because i i track this data very closely uh, my personal win rate is 44% so it means that i'm i'm winning i'm making profits on only 44% of the trades that i've done and that's i mean over the last couple of months i'm talking now um and then 56% are losers but the next most important thing, of course, is how much are you making on your winning trades versus how much are you losing on your losing trades? And that's the critical thing. And the idea is you've got to lose as little as possible on the losing trades and try and make as much as possible and certainly be making more on your winning trades than what you are losing on your losing trades. And that's really what you you have as um, as a winning edge in the markets, if you like, or a positive expectancy. Uh, if you can get that right, then you know, you're know you onto a winning formula. But you, you're quite right. I mean, in my experience with, with traders, retail traders in particular, they focus very much on that win rate and think that it needs to be, you know, you need to try and win on every trade, which it's just never happens ever. Um, in fact, if you're doing, if you're getting more than 50% as your win rate, you're doing very well in this game. And then, of course, the thing is also then to make sure that those losses are small when you take them uh, and your your profits are bigger. What we find, or certainly in my experience of dealing with retail traders, and you can tell me if you if you see the same with your data, but what I notice is that most of the time uh, people struggle to cut a loss and they get the, the profit to loss ratio the wrong way around. So they, they end up losing more on their losing trades than what they make on their winning trades. Um, people yeah. are far too eager to snatch at a small profit, but then also give the loss that give their losses too much room to run, and end up with the the whole profit to loss um, ratio the wrong way around, which makes for a losing formula. And and I think to go you, to go to a point you made a minute ago that trading is all about losing. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds counterintuitive, but I love the saying that the best loser wins, uh, and and it's so true because in this business you are going to lose. It's just a reality that is a natural part of trading. It's as much as if you you know run a restaurant, you have to spend money to buy the food that you're going to cook to sell to your your clients. Um, in trading. Your cost of doing business is the fact that you've got to you've got to take some losing trades in order to find out whether your hypothesis or your thesis is correct. Uh, but people don't get that. It's a very difficult concept to get their head around because, by it's human nature, I suppose we don't like losing money, and therefore we, uh, you know, I guess it's nat natural to try and let a loss run, but um, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. And it's like hoping that things would turn around. So that that um, word that you use, that counterintuitive, that is the best possible description for why we share these two metrics. And then the last one, which is our return rate. So the return rate is basically a combination of these two. So you take your win rate, you multiply it by your profit and loss plus one. And then you get to a number. And when that number is under one, it means that your your portfolio is losing money. And when it's over one, you're making money. And yeah. so that's really simple. Three very, very simple measures that we basically feed back to you um, in your own trading behavior. But the reason why I'm saying that counterintuitive is the best possible word for, for trading is because your win rate 
is it seems like that is the thing that you should be focusing on right and it mm. seems like your profit and loss ratio is less important but when you add these things together you you start to realize that actually your biggest battle in the stock market is not the stock market it's your own mind you you yeah. kind of have to override a lot of evolved characteristics mm. to be able to do this well and what i love about the trade analytics tool is that it keeps it keeps you up to date so when your profit to loss ratio starts to favor losses we give you a little amber alert on your profile to say listen pay attention here because something is not right. And the same thing with your return rate, that return rate is such a beautiful measure because you can see immediately whether or not your portfolio is making money. It's not about the amount of money that you're making. It's whether or not you have a strategy that can return positive returns over time. And yeah. that's hard. But then the other thing that this, uh, this tool does is it shows you your average hold time for winning trades and losing trades. And to me, this is enormously interesting because so I, I pulled some data for the 9th of March, which, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody listens to this podcast, 9th of March, 2020. Um, okay. Everybody listens to this podcast, like either has pure joy or pure dread when I mentioned that date because people made and lost a lot of money on that day. Yeah. But what we can tell is that people who had, who didn't access or who don't access this tool on average, on that date, held they trade they losing trades for over thirty days. Yeah. People who access this tool on that date held they losing trades for only twelve days. Now, twelve days still too long to hold a losing trade, yeah. but you can you can see a marked difference in the amount of time that people hold on to their losing trades when you say to them when you give them a tiny nudge to say, remember your winners should run your losers aren't going to come back for you. You know, it's, yeah. it's very unlikely that, that a losing trader is going to turn around to come and make you some money. Yeah. And the other thing that we saw with people accessing the tool with versus people not accessing the tool is that those who didn't access the tool on that date uh, lost about 35% more per losing trade than people who accessed the tool. Hmm. So there's a real monetary impact on these decisions that we make in the moment and a lot of these decisions are emotionally driven yeah well that's it emotion is exactly the word it's and it's it's all about um it's psychology at the end of the day i've just gone on to your website here and this is a stat that i follow uh quite 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 often it's the number of clients that lose money trading CFDs. And you you display this on the top of your website, on the top of IG's website. And I think it's by law, if I'm not wrong, CFD providers actually have to disclose this information. So I know going to all sorts of other providers as well, look around on their homepage, you'll find the same. But right now it's saying that um, IG, 68% of retail investor clients lose money when trading spread bets and CFDs with this provider. That number is actually the lowest right now that I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's often, I mean, I've watched this for ages and I've seen it often up at about 75, even 80% sometimes. So being down at 68% now is, is, is actually quite low by historical standards. But many listening to the podcast might you know, have eyes like saucers right now saying, what, what? 68% of your clients lose money when trading through, through IG? And, but that's, that's the reality. Um, why is that? 
You're listening to Talking With Traders, a podcast series brought to you by IG, a world-leading online trading and investment provider. If you haven't checked out the IG online trading platform, please do so and visit IG.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast series on your favorite podcast app or website by clicking on the subscribe button and you'll be notified weekly as we release new episodes. Yo. <laughs> what a question. I know. <laughs> Have mercy, please. Why is that? Well, first of all, because trading is um, hard, yeah. you know, and I think it gets, I think you can make it easier or harder on yourself as an individual when you start trading. You know, I think a lot of people are incredibly optimistic and have a bit of an optimism bias when they see that stat, you know, this is not going to be me, I am, I'm going to be one of the, you know, whatever percent that actually does make a little bit of money um, in, in this game. So I think there's psychologically, first of all, just the idea that you're going to beat the odds here already is a bit of an issue. Yeah. But then you go in and I think, Sometimes I think people go in with just a little bit of money, try it, lose the money and leave, um, which absolutely happens. And that contributes to that stat. But I also think, as we discussed before, part of being a winning trader is sometimes being a losing trader. Losses are absolutely part and partial of what goes on here. But then there's also when you when we speak about the optimism bias, you know, trading when you when you know what's going on, you know how to limit the losses that you make. You know, stop losses uh, exist for a reason, and there's there's a fair bit of due diligence that you have to do when you go into the trading environment, which is why we say which why we have very stringent measures in place um, for when people don't have savings accounts or share you know pension funds, et cetera, et cetera. Because there is risk involved in trading. That's why people do it. Yeah. You know? mm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredibly difficult space in which to make money. And that's why I always get really upset when I see, you know, on Instagram is such a terrible um, offender here. When you go onto Instagram, it's like, start trading FX today. And then yeah. you sit there and think, okay, so you've got this huge FS, global FX market where you are competing against people who trade FX for institutions and you are in your living room, you know, on your laptop, trying to (laughs) make money from trading FX against these massive global conglomerates. It's not that easy. It's not that simple. And I'm really glad to have those risk warnings up because I hope that it does deter people. You know, I hope that it does give people pause to say, well, actually, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not equipped to trade in this space yet. Yeah, well, that's right. It is responsible, I guess. And I think you and I come from the same page in the sense that, you know, my, my motto with my Traders Corner business is promoting proper trading principles. And I know that in the role you're at there right now, it's, you know, very much the same thing. You're trying to help uh, your clients to be more profitable and trying to get that that number of 68% clients that lose, of lo- that, are, that lose money to try and get that lower. Um, so it's, a, it's admirable to see the things that you guys do as IG and the education that you provide and the, 
um, th those data analytics, which are very, very helpful, it all does contribute uh, towards helping your clients to become more profitable. But the one thing, the number one thing that I, I realized makes the, all the difference between profitable traders and unprofitable traders is the psychology. It all comes down to psychology at the end of the day. Winning traders just think differently and act differently to losing traders. And I think it's our brains are not naturally wired to, um, to do the right things in trading. It's actually, we're just not naturally wired. It has to become a learned behavior. And to, to that extent, I mean, I know you guys are doing a lot in terms of education, um, providing yeah, methods, demo accounts, analytics, et cetera, et cetera. How, how do you address the psychological aspect for clients? Is there a way that you can do that? Or is it just something that the clients need to learn ultimately through lots of experience? Well, you know, it's funny because you say uh, it's psychology. I say it's strategy. I think if you want to be a successful trader, the psychology aspect of it basically comes down to you have to override your psychology everything that you feel is comfortable and natural goes against what happens in a trading environment. It is hectic. I was like laughing at myself the other day because we, so at IG, IG employees are not allowed to trade live in the market because, because of concerns around like trading against our clients and having access to information and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we can trade only in a demo environment. So I've been placing some trades in a demo environment and I just lose. I lose all the time and it really, it's not even real money. It's not even my money. And it just beats you down over a period of time when you keep taking these things that you don't care about when you place the trade. And the minute you lose, you're like, but why am I losing? And I care more about this than anything else in the world in that moment. Yeah. So the way to get around your own terrible, you know, lizard brain psychology is trading strategy. And I know that this is something that you are a firm believer in. And I know it, from my background, this is something that, you know, I just one lap we kept saying to people is you can't just go in gung ho and hope for the best because you will lose all of your money. Mm. You have to have some sort of system that you can implement, that you can test, that you can refine over time and that you can make slow but steady progress, which is why you're not going to start trading CFDs today, you know, and have your Ferrari by Friday. It just doesn't work that way. This is a long process of learning. It's a craft, yeah. you know, it's a craft like a lot of other things. So what we see, for example, is when we look at the longevity of clients, people who have demo accounts stick around the longest time and it's, Maybe counterintuitively, you would think, okay, you have a demo account before you live trade. So you figure out the platform, you figure out how the market works, and then you go to a live trading account. But actually what we're seeing is, is the opposite. People who open a live account first and then open a demo account seem to have the best outcomes over time because they're testing strategies in mm. a less scary environment. And you can start doing those things in a in a place where you're not so reactive. You know, it is a little bit easier to lose fake money than it is. It's a lot easier to lose <laughs> fake money than it is to lose your own money. Yeah. And so if, if you, you can't get past the psychology, it always is going to hurt 
to watch your losing trade. You always are going to be tempted to let that losing trade run for as long as possible, thinking that maybe it'll turn around, maybe it'll turn into a winning trade for you. Mm. So you're never going to make the right choice there. So what you do is you have your stop loss. You just don't, don't let your brain become involved in this decision when you are highly emotionally charged. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir here because I'm sure your, your listener base already understand this. You know, you, you can't trust yourself. You are not a good judge of, of the market because the market doesn't think the way that you do. So you have to take yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Try and it, it, the weakest component of any trading system is actually very often the person sitting in front of the screen, and that's what we've got to work on. The point around demo accounts is very interesting. What you said there—that clients who who open a live account first and then start playing on a demo actually do better—I find that very interesting. Now, I've always had sort of somewhat mixed views on on demo accounts in the sense that I, I know they're very useful in terms of learning the system and getting a bit of familiarity with how to place an order and to watch the market and see how prices move and so on. But that I've always felt that it that they. They, they limit their, their usefulness is limited because you don't get to feel those emotions of making and losing real money. It's almost it's just like a game if it's a demo account. But it's really interesting that point that you said about clients who actually have a live account, but then start playing on the demo account to then test systems um, mm-hmm. to then take live later on that they actually have a, a greater longevity as your clients. It's, I find that very, very interesting. But I guess that also talks to the fact that those kind of clients who are willing to do that are also more dedicated and they take it more seriously, right? Right. I think there is definitely a bit of self-selection that goes on here, even the other way around. So demo to live, you know, it definitely is a, a more serious type of person who's coming in there to learn something and then try it out in, in different environments. But it's interesting what you're saying about, um, you know, it's almost like a game because one of the the themes that keep popping up in the trading education environment is gamification. Mm. And I've always been a little bit perplexed by this because honestly, what is more gamified than the stock market? I mean, this is the ultimate game, right? It is the the most exciting and most terrifying game on earth. But then I realized the reason why gamification is maybe a little bit different from the demo environment is because it protects you from bad feelings. You know, when I have a losing trade in the demo environment, you know, we know this is a a very well-documented bias that we feel losses more strongly than we feel wins. We know that that happens. And I've, I've seen that in myself. It's very anecdotal, I understand, but I've seen in myself in the demo environment how much that hurts when I have a loss. So you almost like to get, if you want to lure in people into the trading environment, you know, which I don't think people should be doing, mm. but when you do that, you want to gamify so that people have upside without the downside. And I don't think that that gives you a proper feeling, you know, even in a demo environment, at least you get a, a sense of what it feels like to just get your ass handed to you constantly. Mm. You know? <laughs> it's not a experience so it's better to get like a little uh i don't know a badge or a little ping when you do something right than it is to to watch the stock market just trash you all the time and disprove every theory that you think you have yeah yeah <laughs> well trading can be quite a lonely pursuit as well for a lot of people particularly if you're someone sitting at home um, trying to trade and it's quite it, it can be quite lonely. You mentioned something about the IG Academy. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Is that some sort of a community that 
that clients can become a part of uh, where they can effectively communicate with other traders. Is, is that right? So we have something called IG Community that actually does that. Right. We have also always been very good at doing um, pre-COVID seminars. You know, uh, I think you you may have presented one or two of those. I, as yeah, well. I, I, I did. I presented a number of them and I, I miss doing that. I must say, I really do miss standing yeah. up in front of an audience. But uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, I interrupted I you. To, no, no. I have to say that those are... We know from all of our offices around the world, those are so good for clients. And even now in a webinar environment, which is a little bit colder and not great, but everybody's kind of used to it now because of COVID. You know, when you have an opportunity to listen to somebody who goes through this stuff every day or on a regular basis, who can say, yeah, I, you know, I felt that like the 9th of March, 2020 wiped me out and it was terrible. You know, just having somebody who can, empathize with what it is that you go through when you're stuck behind your computer you know late at night probably because probably you're trading the wrong time zone and you, you have to be you know up at ungodly hours to be in the u.s market and all sorts of things you know to have other people you know to have those conversations with other people is enormously useful and so we've got ig community but i also know that there are discord communities where people do this social media twitter is always a fun place to to engage with other traders about what it is that they're going through and to get some ideas because you know what the other thing that's also incredibly difficult that nobody tells you when you start trading is it's really hard to know what to trade like trading ideas you you you're almost overwhelmed because you have so many choices trading ideas are not uh, easy to come by yeah and so it's good to have community i think it's really important to have community and i think you know i think some people are drawn to trading precisely because you can be alone when you do it and maybe that's the appeal of it but even then you know having a digital community you know you don't have to eat the finger foods at the ig office to to get the benefits of that i think it's worthwhile yeah yeah no it absolutely is and i mean we we see that on on my website on traderscorner.co.za we've got a forum there and lots of the clients i know come actually not to see my analysis necessarily but also to talk with other traders uh, because it can be a lonely pursuit so it's good to hear that you've got that ig community available and that it is online that clients can actually engage like that but you know, also, like you, you say, maybe not to see your analysis, but I would imagine that that's hugely important because if somebody can't see your analysis, whose analysis can they see? Yeah. You know, people are, what I can tell you and what I've seen over and over again is that people are not very good at making money trading. You know, we know this. I mean, we that stat that you spoke about, but even people who stay in the game for a while, you know, it takes a long time, Garth, I'm sure you can you can attest to this. It takes a long time before you are consistently profitable as a yeah. trader. So yeah. you're not going to go to your friend that you met the other day and say, please show me your trading account. They're not going to want to. You know, mm. it's embarrassing because yeah. they're not going to be making money right away. So it is enormously important just also to watch people who have figured it out and to see how they do it. You know, we learn based from other people. And I think it's really important to do that. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's very interesting, all of this. Um, last question before we have to wrap it up. You are, as I said, the first female guest on the show, which I'm delighted about. And I know the producers of this podcast will be delighted because they've been bugging me to try and get a female guest on. Um, and I have been trying, actually, but I've battled. I've battled to get a female guest on. And 
yeah, then you're, I immediately thought of you and thought actually you'd make a great guest because I know you're quite um, you're passionate about this stuff as well. And you've also done a lot of podcasts and presenting in your time. But to, to ask the question, why do you think it is that there are so few uh, female traders around? I, I think that women are wired better to be traders, quite honestly, because they're less, uh, I don't know, they don't have egos which guys do. So I would instinctively think that women make are, are naturally wired better to trade, but um, and yet it seems like there's such a small number of people in, in the trading community. Is that your experience as, within your client base at IG as well? Yeah. So um, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for asking me this question, this question because now we're in my wheelhouse. We're now at the intersection of the markets and feminism, which is absolutely where I want to be. This is every conversation I want to have for the rest of my life. Um, so we know from our, our data that we like our female client base is much smaller than our male client base. Nobody's shocked by that. Seems to be growing very little bit over time, which is great. I think it helps enormously that um, IG has an incredibly strong female leadership. Like we've got strong members of Exco, members of the board, our CEO, you know, very strong leadership. And hopefully that makes a difference over time. I think there are quite a few things that we can say here. They are, um, it's now been quite well researched that female traders and investors tend to have better outcomes over time um, because of psychological factors. So, there's, there's this Finnish study that found that women tend to buy when prices fall. So in the short term, they tend to make a loss because they buy on the way down. But then they hold on and they sell on the way up. Um, so it's kind of the, you know, it's they have better. So this was a huge study. It's like a million female Finnish traders between 1995 and 2011. So like a lot of data points there. But then there's also been other subsequent studies. And I'm always a little bit careful here because, you know, you, you kind of veer into the territory of stereotypes or whatever, which I'm not super interested in. To answer your question about why there are so few female traders, that I can definitely talk to. Uh, first of all, gender pay gap. That's something we have to take into consideration here. It's something that is true almost uh, almost over the entire world, except maybe for you know some of the Scandinavian countries. Right. So that's a big thing. But also in terms of you know where the the work burden lies in the home you know i i remember seeing this at uh, just one lap all the time when we had those jay-z power hours we fill up an auditorium with men and the majority of those men were fathers and mm. if you're like why is why is this man's partner not at the jse power hour at that moment it's because that is the person who's taking care of this man's children while he's at the Jay-Z power hour. So, you know, you have, as you know, Garth, you have to have, you have to spend a lot of time to craft this trade. Most people who trade don't do it full-time, don't do it professionally. So it's a hobby for a lot of people who trade and women are busy, you know, women are busy putting kids to bed and cooking dinner and earning less money. We just don't get around to it. I, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, look, I mean, all of those answers absolutely make perfect sense. Uh, and it's you're right. I mean, logistically, I can imagine it, it is. If I just look at my own family situation, you know, my, my wife wouldn't have time to trade, certainly not to to do it professionally, because uh, she's busy. She's busy with kids, busy running the home. Um, she's also got her own job. So, yeah, I guess that all makes a lot of sense. 
Well, now right. you know where to, where to divert some of those trading profits of yours <laughs> for the unpaid labor of the home. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, on that note, Christia, I am going to wrap it up. I'm glad that the thunderstorm gave us a, uh, gave us a break eventually. Certainly quite, yeah. quite fortuitous that we had an enormous lightning storm as we had our first female guest on the <laughs> podcast. I think that there's something quite humorous about that. But it's been great chatting to you. I've really enjoyed it. And I'd actually like to get you back on the podcast at a later stage. I think there's a lot of data that you've got access to, which we didn't talk about enough on this podcast. But I would love to interrogate some of the data points that I know you have access to and try and delve out or dig out what some of that all means for for traders so maybe we can do that another time well thanks so much for having me as your first female guest and huge apologies to all women who listen to this podcast i'm sure a million people could have done this better (laughs) (laughs) you did great thanks christia it's always a pleasure speaking to you and i look forward to speaking again take care cheers Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Talking With Traders, brought to you by IG, a world-leading CFD provider. We really are privileged to have such a leader in the field of online trading involved in this series. Please follow us on Facebook and engage with us there. And a reminder to make sure you subscribe to this series by clicking on the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd also appreciate if you'd leave a review on the app too. Till next time.